Now to time. We never have enough of it, it seems, and no matter how many productivity lists we write and set the alarm for 5am to get everything done, we are still never able to do it all. Joining me now is Oliver Berkman, author of 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals. Oliver, I hate getting this question, (laughs) you know, about work-life balance. Do you think there's anyone who's ever actually managed that state of so-called work-life balance (laughs) <laughs> well, thanks very much for inviting me on. No, I'm not aware of ever having <laughs> met somebody who uh, who went after work-life balance and then felt that they that they achieved it. And I think that really, you know, it goes to the heart of some of these problematic ways that we think about time because it it, it sounds like getting everything in its place, you know, enough work, enough time with family, enough recreation. I think what it ends up being is a kind of demand we put on ourselves or that the culture puts on us to be 100% excellent in work and 100% excellent in outside work. It's not so much balance as kind of, you know, trying to do more than it's actually possible for us to for us to do. And a lot of us, you know, the, the productivity geeks amongst us are constantly reading the <laughs> manuals. I love a good list. And then I have my list of lists. So I'm terrible at the prioritization sometimes, trying to maximize my time, opt- optimize the day. But you're a big believer in just ring fence four hours, protect four hours in your day and get studied work done be present in that and the usual chaos is still going to follow but it's about the four hours yeah this is something i found very helpful because of course i am totally a productivity geek too and the book i wrote is the you know it's the testimony of a recovering (laughs) productivity geek there's always this urge to try to get in control of everything to get everything done to feel like you're sort of on top of your life and Firstly, it just you just never get there. And secondly, it would actually be quite counterproductive if you did, right? There's all sorts of aspects of a fulfilling life and of creative work that require serendipity and being available to be interrupted by people and being present to your kids and, and all the rest of it. So this idea that I, you know, uh, call the three or four hour rule, although it's not really a sort of law or anything, but there's something really powerful for those of us who work with our brains as so many of us do in some way and need that kind of focused time to really try to defend a very small number of hours, you know, three, maybe four, uh, to to find those spaces in your schedule where you don't have to be responsive to other people and really defend them and then just sort of give up <laughs> in all the rest of the time rather than fighting this futile battle to always be trying to find focus so you know in my day I, I manage usually from about 8 30 to 11 30 on midday to be really focused on the, the core things that I do in my in my work and then it's pretty chaotic the rest of the time and I try not to fight that and I think that that leads to a, a good kind of balance because you get this focused depth but you don't spend your whole life sort of fighting the world uh, which is just going to be there and interrupt you. And frankly, as I say, you know, we, we would kind of want, we would not want it to never interrupt us, I don't think. And Oliver, when you sit, sit down at 8.30 for your three, four hours of focused work, do you have a list or have you banned them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do keep a list. I keep a couple of lists, but the, the, the thing that really made a big difference to me was to see like what the purpose 
of the list is. And if you're a sort of productivity geek type, you too will have read David Allen's brilliant book, Getting Things Done, at least once, maybe multiple times. He makes this incredibly important point that a crucial purpose of a list is just to get stuff out of your head. And I think keeping one incredibly long list, or maybe it's subdivided or whatever, I think it's really good if the reason that you're doing it is to sort of keep an account of everything that would otherwise be in your brain, as opposed to the list of things that you are going to finish by 6 p.m. today or something like that. That list, if you have one, I think needs to be incredibly short. <laughs> it needs to really sort of um, uh, under, it, it needs to sort of, uh, uh, you know, you need to aim to do much, much less than on that list than you than you think you can because we're so sort of chronically bad at making that judgment. So I would just encourage people to like, you know, separate out what's a list for? Is it is it to keep a list of every idea you've you've got and every thought that has arisen to you in a certain area? Or are you actually trying to get those things done today? Because they are very different things. Yeah, indeed. you mentioned David Allen there. Uh, he it was on Reignite, so those who want to go and dig him out of the archives, ah. and he's a great two-minute rule. Yeah, if anything is on your list, stop procrastinating. Just go and do the thing as opposed to it staying <laughs> on your list. It's taking all of this mental energy even thinking about it on the list. But in all of that, Oliver, like, okay, so we're going to have our four hours of, you know, radically focused work and the chaos then, we're going to go back to it and, and embrace all that comes with it. How important is it though to have those moments then where we're finding the moments of creativity we're doing the hobbies because that's going to give us the energy transfusion we need tomorrow morning to go back down sit down at eight o'clock eight thirty and do the four hours again i mean i think rest recuperation recreation are all incredibly important partly for the reasons that you mentioned but also just for themselves you know i think you can really actually get into a trap of thinking that uh the only reason you're going on a hike in the hills or uh, reading a novel or whatever it might be is is to be a better worker. I think it will make you a better worker, but I don't think it's the the only the only reason. I think so many of us we just spend our lives in this mindset that we're eventually someday soon going to get on top of everything, and it's actually incredibly liberating to see that look, there, there will just always be more to do. There will always be too much to do. There will always be more things that feel like they matter than you'll get around to. And that's a great realization to, to have because then you can just sort of say, well, okay, I'm, that, that goal is not a useful goal to, to aim for. And instead I can, you know, try to do a few important things that really count to me in work and make time for family and solo time that, really refreshes me and you know you're, you're no longer trying to sort of get your arms around an infinite quantity yeah. and you can just do a few of the things that that, that energize you and make you feel alive it sounds like we all just have to embrace the journey and stop worrying about the destination wise words thank you so much oliver berkman author of Four Thousand weeks time management for mortals for joining us on reignite